Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOpen.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am very excited today. We have a very special guest with us. Today we have with us Mr. Andre Paradis. He is a relationship coach, an NLP coach, a workshop leader. He is an educator in effective communication, a best-selling author, and above everything else, an ordained minister. So that is quite a resume there that he has. So today he's gonna to be talking to us about relationships and communicating effectively. And I know we're gonna learn a lot. I cannot wait to jump in and get started. So I wanna welcome you here today with us, Andre. Thank you for being here. Absolutely, thank you, Melissa. Happy to be <laughs> so here. I would really, first of all, love to hear about your background. Um, you have quite a list of jobs that you do <laughs> and i'm sure it's no coincidence but i was even reading a little more about you and you have a very interesting background anyway so if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself and then how did you end up doing the work that you do now where you're helping others with relationships uh good i'm just a long story there's three phases i'm gonna try to be brief just because you know uh, it's it's a lot of so it, and in a nutshell, my family background, the, the way I became this guy is at the age of five, I remember this like it was yesterday, at the age of five, um, I managed, I, I had a, there was a moment where I put my thinking and my feelings together, you know, before, before speaking, people just feel things like babies scream because they get, that's the only way to communicate. So cognitive mind and feelings come together, you know, early. Anyway, I was five years old when like this, I put together what was happening around me and I realized this is tragic in so many ways and scary as, scary as hell that I realized I was born in the wrong family. Really? Like, like five years old, just remember sitting on the steps and like it just all came together. Like these people don't like me. They're not like me. We can't relate. I, I'm me back. It's like, awkward and strange and dismissive and and like huh right like how can this be because they got along but i'd never i mean it was it was i was an outsider you know i'm number four kid out of five and so it was confusing and weird and what happened because of that realizing that i basically was on my own right i had to take care of myself i have to be sort of whatever so i kind of started watching the world like as a five-year-old vigilant about people and everything around me, just first trying to understand like, how can this be? Why, how can this possibly be? How weird is this? Why, how? Like this, I don't understand. So that was sort of part of watching, watching, watching. And then when I got to school, you know, right from the beginning, watching people trying to integrate, I was always on the outside, you know, it was kind of a, that's what happened and became the odd kid, the kid who didn't blend, the kid who had no friends. I had always one or two friends, but I was never like the pop, you know what I mean? I was on the outside watching, 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 watching. And that became my life. Like I'm fascinated, fascinated from that perspective since I was five years old with the human condition. It's just like, how do people turn out the way they do? And how can somebody could be super successful? Another one is in the gutter with a needle in his arm, you know, and some had good beginnings and go right to hell. Some people had terrible beginnings and go, you know, Oprah, and look, anybody, anybody huge, if you look in their background, typically there's a lot of crap earlier on. So 
okay, that's weird. That's interesting. You know what I mean? So that became my life. Watching everyone, watching everything. Um, jumping to 15 years old, I ended up, I was going to a private high school slash college. It kind of combined the last two years of college, high school into two years of college was in private school, fancy. Uh, and a girl, first year of the first year of high school, my first year of high school there, a girl came up to me the week before we had to sign up for class like we in college. And she's like, oh my God, Andre, I'm so glad you're here. Like, I want to take ballroom for PE. We take ballroom for PE. There was a ballroom program for PE. It was just like, okay, you know. And she goes, well, we have to sign a couple. You want to sign with me? And I'm like, wow. Like, first of all, I didn't know she was alive. She knew I was alive. I was the guy who blended everywhere. But she, and so was really cute. I'm like, God, okay, no brainer, sure. So, six, almost 16 years old, first class a week later, ballroom class, girl in my arm. And this was a surprise as well. This is something that just was that whatever the, the teacher would show us, I could copy. I just had it. I just had it. I just had it, which was weird because I didn't know I had that. So all of a sudden I go this this I have this gift that I could copy everything I'm seeing, you know. So wow, that's interesting. So then of course I started helping other girls in class because the guys weren't picking up necessarily as fast. So now anyway, so in a second I became like the teacher's pet, the teacher's helper, and I went from gig to like star, like <laughs> from invisible to like all the girls want to dance with me. Wow. So. One, two, three, I, I was, we did this for four years. We started forming locally, blah, blah, blah. But I became, it was a, my life's decision. Like, because I was a sad little kid from our circumstances. I think I smiled for the first time in my life, like truly in dance class, because musicians are very aware of this. Singers know this as well. There's, there's the vibrations of music and sound when they come together with the vibration of your body moving to it. When there's a coming together of that, it's, it makes you, it's a euphoric feeling. It just, it lifts your spirit. It just makes, you know, so I, so I remember like smiling, like be able to, right? Like, wow, like this just lifted my spirit. So it made me happy a little bit. And so I decided I want to be happy more. So that's literally all I want to do. I want to dance. And um, moved to the West Coast as, at 19 thinking I was going to continue that on the West Coast, zero ballroom. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because back east, it was, everybody, every club was a ballroom club. It was interesting. It was hugely popular, hugely popular in my hometown, in my state. Nothing on the West Coast. Interesting. Anyway, so I ended up in a jazz class, jazzercise, jazz hands, which is not what I do. I'm a ballroom dancer. Right. Uh, and the conditioning is crazy, right? It's an hour exercising before you get to dance. And then somebody's telling you how to dance as opposed to me taking a girl on. Anyway, again, my life's a book. Within three months, I was doing construction at the time. So I was taking dance class in the evening, you know, twice a week, three times a week. And it became four times a week. Because again, that's, it made me smile. It's, that made me happy. Like, it's not so much construction. And I'm 19. I'm nobody. I'm, I'm nothing. I just, I'm alone in the world by then. I move across the country by myself. Three months into this, I get a scholarship. Wow. Now, that's ridiculous because in three months of jazz dancing, you, knew not, you, don't, you, don't not, you know nothing. I mean, you could barely you know, keep up, but they saw something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it was the beginning of my dance career. I never paid for my training ever, ever, ever. Almost from scholarship to scholarship to scholarship. This went on for years. I ended up with a scholarship. Even from, there was a place across the street. It was a a Korean ballet company, and they swooped me right up. It turned out I didn't know this. I turned out that I have the perfect skeleton to be a ballet dancer as well. I don't want to be a ballet dancer. I want to be a jazz dancer. I need the music, not ballet music. But the training of ballet obviously is a structure. So they mean, so I have the hips, the feet, the turn out, the legs, the butt, the, okay. So free training for six years, every which way, you know. So that's all I want to do. And then if you're gonna make a living at this stuff, you have to be in Los Angeles. So I moved to Los Angeles. There's another story there that I'm not gonna tell you because it's, it's that my, my, my very own Hollywood story. <laughs> I was supposed to be here visiting and I got hired to go on the road <laughs> two days after I landed. It's crazy. I'm Canadian. Whoosh. Anyway, so that led me to be able to settle back in Los Angeles after the tour. And I became, I joined the industry, music, television, radio, I mean, music, television, movies, um, commercials, the world, the world of, you know, Los Angeles business, the entertainment world. I ended up dancing with Michael Jackson, Prince, Paul Abdul, Hulu Glazius, and like a bunch of new artists. I traveled the world and got paid for doing this. So that, I call that phase two of my life. So I was a dancer, but not a dancer who, <laughs> what's the word? I was a successful dancer, right? Mm -hmm. And I get that, that was my life and sounds glamorous and it is to a degree. And then, but life on the road, you know. So my wife and I at that time have been together for, a few years because we we're both traveling. She's a ballerina. We met in my class, um, and then we decided to start a family. And I decided that I was not going to be the absent dad. I was not going to be in Europe, you know, when they, my my kids are born or when like so. I decided I was going to stay in Los Angeles, lock down, lock myself down, not traveling anymore. That I was going to. So I opened a car business in LA to hold me down. And I still did the odd jobs, local short, short jump, but I was based, you know. So I managed to buy a house with this. Um, the school was, <laughs> my business was six minutes from my house and the, the school was two blocks away. So both me and my wife were there. Every recital, every parade, every Halloween parade, Christmas parade, you know, every meet, because that's the way I wanted to set up. So I have two children. So phase two of my life, car, car life in Los Angeles. Build that business, another success. Part of my story, again, with watching the world is also it. I, <laughs> I became a workshop head. At the age of 23, I started taking personal development workshops, business workshops, money workshops, get your shit together workshop, what's wrong with your workshop. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is why you're not successful workshop, even though I knew how to be successful. I just, I'm curious about everything. I want to know everything. It's somehow, this is my brain. So, <clears throat> 2006, I'm in the car business. I'm in San Jose, California, which is Northern California, to help take my business to the next level. Okay. And I meet some very smart people. On the way back on the plane, we're flying back to Los Angeles, and we end up, I thought it was a coincidence. I don't believe that anymore. Just, there's three people, there's three of us sitting together, this couple that I met in the event. The lady says to me, what are you doing next weekend? I go, oh, I don't work on the weekend. Oh, you want to come to a workshop? It's on me. I'm like, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> those are those can be expensive, right? Uh -huh. 
in my brain, you want to come to, I'm like, of course. Yeah. And then I go, what's the workshop? Because I don't even know. I don't care. <laughs> I know I'm going to learn something. She goes, it's called understanding women. Sounds interesting. <laughs> no, it, yeah. So from my perspective, it was a little bit like, oh, man, because, <laughs> because my artistic ways or whatever, I always attract, and my story with the ladies is always teasing. I somehow attracted sweet women. That's all I, like, that was my life. Like, I didn't do the crazy stuff my friends did, yelling, screaming, fits, freaking, you know, like, stalking, and none of that. Like, sweet. It was always easy. So I thought it was me. Arrogant. I thought it was me. I thought I, was, I had it, right? So I went there on a Saturday morning. I didn't want to go that morning because it's, uh, it's a big hotel by the airport. It's Saturday morning. And I'm in the car going, like, so, like, what, like, what are they going to teach me? Like, you know, don't yell, be kind, be sweet. Like, like okay, whatever. Thought it was going to be cute is my point. I get there and I walk in the room, there's 400 people in the space. And I go, mm, not cute. Something's going on here. There's something that's going on here that's kind of, I can feel it. Sure enough, the workshop starts. And at the end of it, my brain's all over the wall. I realized I knew nothing, nothing, nothing about women. Worse, the, the part that scared me, I knew nothing about my wife. And that scared the life out of me. My wife is in a, my, my wife, every time I ever talk, I get, I get choked up. She's my angel. She's my baby. She's my girl. Like, she's my heart. She's my whole life. And to think, I realized that day that the stuff that I do, that to her is hurtful, that to her is confusing, that to her is unthinkable to say or do or not say or not do right again it constantly hurt her feelings and i have no attention to that never that was to me like an alarm you know my mom my, my siblings by the way are divorced and married twice and three times i have my baby we have a little i have by then we have a baby and a toddler like it's going it's going well i'm not looking for this material but i realize like i'm i don't want to become a statistic because i didn't know you know, what's happening with my wife and how we, you know, and so that was the beginning of this whole thing. Like, then, of course, I took the entire curriculum that they offer. There was something like 12 workshops. I took all of it because I'm a performer and I'm fine in front of an audience and a microphone. You know, within a minute, I was a workshop leader. I was teaching the, con the content. I became one of them, one of the te one of their workshop leaders. And uh, that didn't work. That didn't work out with that company. But that was like the machine was on. Like I was that guy now. So I continued training Dr. John Gray, you know, Mars and Venus, um, like masters. I, I was studying with five masters in the field that gave me this cocktail of information where I could explain to you the dynamic relationship through like our chemistry of our bodies, our anthropological markers, and the, our DNA like, driving the show. Um, the, the dance of relationship, like the dance of relationship, look behind me. You know, <laughs> this is my wife and I, <laughs> right? Ballroom dancing. <laughs> but the dance of relationship, the, the metaphor is fantastic between dancing and, you know, love dynamics because it's, it's, the, it's a complementary unit. It's two people coming into one. This is a union. Relationships are a union if you do them right. Most nowadays, people don't necessarily have to do relationships. 
you know, they get on the floor and they go to club dancing and they think it's a relationship. They move in together, but they don't really get invested. I see that a lot, a lot, a lot. I know people are scared and they think we're going to try to live together and see if we get along. And if not, if we get bored and see, yeah, we start with somebody else. But there's no commitment there. There's no really getting invested, which means this is impossible because this takes practice. This takes work. And this takes, you know, grooving together and learning how to move together in partnership together and in the beginning you step on each other's toes and you know like there's a lot of bumping into that so a, a relationship true relationship a profound connection requires time and space and practice and knowing how to do it because our culture is dismantled all stereotype and you know which is great on some level but very confusing now on the other level nobody knows what to do anymore so that's for me. That's what it was. So I joined. I I, I start, jumped into this work passionately because of my curiosity, and I, you know, to me and her, and it became now I'm teaching. Every I mean, I was doing the teaching <laughs> in my car business. People would show up, and for some reason, I'm the guy that people spill their beans on. Like I'm apparently I'm they see they, I'm safe to be around, and they know they're gonna. I don't know how that's possible, but they, people like open up to me. Like they know I'm not going to judge them. That's, I don't know why. But so I'd be, I'd be with a customer in my office, just finished fixing their car. I'm like, next thing I'm closing the door because they're crying because they're telling me about their life. Right? So that was the machine, the beginning of the machine. So I was, I was helping all my friends. I was helping my customers, you know, and then people started saying, can you come over here and, you know, teach us this over here? So groups, I started getting pulled in. So I ended up being so busy doing this, and it was my, my life's mission, by the way. My, I have a calling about this. I'll tell you in a second. It was, but it became so crazy because I was doing the car business and this on the side, and they both kept getting bigger. So I eventually had to sell the business, a very successful car business, to do this solely, So, which is now, I call it phase three in my life, and that's how I get to be here. And my life's calling, I said, I have a God calling. This is insane. I used to resent it. Like, it, now I don't. But that is somehow my job to spread this new, to, to, to help people adjust to a new dynamic of really relationship. Because in our culture, we flip the script on everything. Thinking it's going to be better, equality is better, right? Making everything more fair is better, and it's not. I mean, it's, it's good for money, for business, fantastic. I'm not that guy. I'm not saying any of that. But we now know in the realm of building a relationship, it's a kiss of death. Equality destroys relationships. Well, that's important. So anyway, my mission is to actually spread this material around and help people get into a relationship as opposed to collide and fight and get confused and break up and the kids are in that and it's you know it's destroying the fabric of our culture so that's how we got to be here so sorry long story <laughs> <laughs> that was quite an interesting story too though but so in your eyes what you're saying right now is because of the way that we are viewing relationships as they're supposed to be equal this yeah. is actually having the opposite effect that we want to have on relationships or it's, yeah. yeah. So can you go a little further? Yeah, yeah. All right. And again, <laughs> stop me when, stop me when, you know, you fall or I get carried away. But so, you know, in nature, everything I'm teaching, by the way, is, is nature and science. It's not my opinion. 
I have opinions about this stuff, but it's not my opinion. I'm not teaching what I think is right. I'm teaching what is, you know, natural in nature and what, so everything in nature is polarized. Everything that works is polarized. Everything that keeps working is polarized. The polarity energy of masculine and feminine, if you want, or positive negative magnets, positive magnets, uh, the perfect example, they go snap together. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you had two positive magnets, you push and they push on each other and you can't even get them to touch. And the closer they get, the more they push, right? Masculine and masculine or feminine and feminine. So in our culture right now, we, we masculinize women, go girl, you know, bop, boss babe, strong, independent, and powerful. We used to raise men that way, by the way. Now we use women to be strong. That in itself is good. It's good for, body, for business, good for money. But in the amount of relationship, it neutralizes the dynamic needed to stay together and pull at each other. So if you masculinize women and take out their femininity as much as possible, because that's what typically what happens, right? It sort of one replaces the other, and you feminize men, so they, they stop doing what men do, provide, protect, give, cherish, support women, right? You bring them down. Like, again, the idea of equality, I get it. On paper, it sounds like a good idea. But in, in, in action, it's, it's a kiss of death. It destroys everything. We need the, the magnetism, the polarity of, of masculine, feminine, whichever way it is, by the way. So like in a dance, you know, I lead and she supports. Do you know what I mean? In a real relationship, there's a lot more flex. There's a lot more. It's not so rigid as a, as a you know, a ballroom, a ballroom couple dancing. And I need to say this because people think, I'm saying men should just lead and women should just follow not what i'm saying but there's a magnetism that needs to be in place all the time so if you want if you know if somebody is temperamental more than righteous and what i mean by that is you know when we research all the comp all the couples who succeed long-term relationship 20 30 40 years right and this is interesting whether they're straight gay or lesbian right the ones who succeed I'll do this. They're all polarized. Temperamentally, typically, it's not necessarily a choice. It's just sort of who they are, right? And it applies to even business relationship with people are, are not romantic. I'm thinking this, this, the, uh, these two guys here in Los Angeles who have a, 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 um, a personal development business, of course. <laughs> so they're partners and they're successful. They do it really, really well because the one guy is the extroverted in your face, talk to everybody, opens doors like with his mouth, you know what I mean? Put him on stage, he grabs the mic, he loves it, you know what I mean? He's all, ah, the big one, the one, the one is like extroverted, right? And he loves it, that's who he is. That's sort of how he comes, how he comes out. The other one, his partner, they're both, they're just doing business together, they're not in any way in a relationship. His business partner wants none of that shit, right? He's the shy one, the extroverted, the one in the background, the one who's all the writing, all the research. You know what I mean? Right? So they're, they're polarized. That's magnetic. That energy keeps growing and folding up. So relationships are the same. The ones who work, gay, straight, lesbian, it doesn't matter. The ones we study, they work, they're polarized. One likes to lead more and one likes to support more. One wants to lead naturally, that's their intent and their, their temperament. The other one just not so much. You know what I mean? Interesting. Now, often in our culture now, we flip the script. The woman is more masculine than the man. 
right? And the men are too, more feminine or more passive, right? And that lasts for a while and it falls apart again because in nature, it's the other way around. In nature, it's the other way around, right? So that's where I'm coming from. Like this, this again, the research and the studies and the numbers don't lie. So equality sounds great in love of dynamics, kills everything. Very interesting. And now I know that you have a program where you coach couples yes. um, for relationships. And so tell us a little bit about that. And how are you helping people when you're coaching them? Well, you know, I mean, my favorite, my favorite people who are invested, you know, realize that we're different machines, you know, and again, what part of the problems that I see again, another layer into this is that because we're, we're constantly here about equality in our culture, equality, equality, that, you know, in the beginning of the feminist movement, feminist movement was about, you know, uh, equal opportunities, you know, you want to be a mom, stay a mom, you want to go to business, let's open the doors, right? So it was about opportunity, equal opportunity of whatever you wanted to be, you know, so, but it kind of trans. It, it kept it's been it's, it's been popularized so much it's been such it's the word of the day is you know equality 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 everywhere and it kind of morphed into that we should be equal beings that men should be sui sent more sweet sensitive and vulnerable to be good men and the women has to be strong independent and powerful to be good women like to kind of again do this this idea that oh, what should work it doesn't right so what Couples who have a groove who could do this for a while but get in trouble, they're in trouble now and not because um, they're mispolarized. Sometimes it is, but it's typically because they misunderstand each other because we're not the same. What motivates me does not motivate my wife. What she thinks is really cute, aroma either. Like, really, we need more pillows and little boxes? I don't understand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What turns her on doesn't turn me on. Like, you know, like, like we're completely different machines in every way. And it's a good reason for that. Nature, again, and being polarized is the fact that we complete each other, come together to really kind of bring each other the peace that we don't own. So we're completely different, made to fit. Oh, okay. Well, that's nature, right? And then when I get crass, I tell people, like, you know, we're as equal as our genitals. <laughs> Not at all, completely inverted, by the way, but made to fit again. So everything about us as human, men and women, hunter-gatherer, masculine and feminine, is made to complement. Why are we fighting this? So equality is what I'm saying. That's when it, it flatlines everything. Man-on-man -man fight, you know, passive and passive collapse. We need the polarity. We need the polarity. So my clients have a version of that enough. They're invested. They have kids. The clients that they're in relationships where, where they collapse is how come you know men will say stuff like why is she taking everything personally why is she taking every per, she taking everything personally i keep telling you it has nothing to do with you yes it does i can feel it it does nothing to do with you right like, so men get confused with why she's taking things personally now she's she asked me to do this she asked me to help her with this she asked me to be this for her I, I be this for her. Now she's a man again. And she's all, she's, she's, all, she's a man again. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't understand. Like, it, she keeps changing. <laughs> this is what men complain about. And women complain about men that, that we're shallow, we're cold, we're disconnected, we're not present, right? We don't care. 
man, right? So two different machines operating differently. So that's usually where I come in, where I, you know, I, I teach women literally about their operating system of men and I teach men about operating system of women. And instead of pushing on each other and make each, make, making each other wrong, we, I, get, I get into pull at each other's instinct. How do you get a man to be a hero? Not by waving your finger in his face. How do you get a woman to feel safe? Well, not by ignoring her, <laughs> right? But like we as men don't have that instinct about women. We, are, we only know like, you know, so both of us are completely blind to each other's real needs and, and operating basic operating system is we're so blind to that we can't see it. So that's when I come in you know, and kind of fill the gap. So I go, you're on one side, she's on one side, let's meet on the bridge somewhere in the middle. And then we can start dancing. Because the moment you get some version of what's happening, oh, for, for the ladies, 50% of everything you've taken personally from men, by men, by your boyfriend, husband, goes away. Like 50% goes away. Instead of going, why is he so, it goes, oh, look at him. He's just a man. He's just a <laughs> Right, and then knowing that it's my man, and you can just start appreciating instead of being confused, right? And both from both sides, so it's really fun. It's really fun. It sounds really like it'd be very enlightening. And now I know you work with people in coaching, but you also sometimes offer workshops, don't you? Yeah, no, on a regular basis in school. We have one coming up uh, May twenty first here, live in Los Angeles. First time live in two years. I'm really excited. Because I'm extroverted, so I'm better yeah. in front of people than behind a computer screen. So it's going to be delightful. But and it's a it's a version of it's going to be a, a, a um, it's it's both like lecture style and a visceral experience. Because I literally do this with people to show up. So interesting enough, you don't have to be a couple to be in this space. We're going to have men and women, but after the we're going to break down the dynamic of relationships. You know. The polarity that needs to be in place, how to how to get there, explain the type of relationship we need for a relationship, a relationship to go long term. I call it the three C's. There's three things you absolutely have to have, otherwise it won't go far, not forever, right? So something things so that kind of stuff, explaining the machine of our attraction, and then after the lecture part and the teaching part, um, I put men and women in each other's arms. Interesting. And what happened is, it's fascinating, right? I'm a dance teacher, I teach this. So that's, again, it's not a big, but if you, when you do the, your, your ballroom pose, right? Where she has to hold her side, her space, I hold my side, my space, and we kind of link together. There's a, there's an instant dynamic revelation, right? If the guy is soft, he is instantly right in my face, in his face. If the woman is pushy, like gets frustrated, like, come on, come on, right? Like, it's like, so who you are is instantly in the space. And we, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Your temperament shows up, right? So if she won't let him lead, if she won't let him lead, that's your whole life, girl. Where are you afraid of man? Where are you protecting yourself? Where are you holding yourself back and you refuse to be vulnerable? And you decide that you should take over because you're, you're, you're afraid to be vulnerable, right? And then you're emasculating sometimes, rolling their eyes. No, 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 no. He's your partner for a minute. You don't roll your eyes at your partner. It's disrespectful, right? He needs respect to stay connected, part of the game. You disrespect a man. This is a big one women don't understand. As much as women need to be cherished, men need to be respected first. 
first, man cannot fall in love with a woman who doesn't respect them. But respect isn't obvious to ladies. Like if you don't mean to disrespect men, you constantly do it not knowing. Just the same way we don't mean to hurt your feelings and we constantly seem to be doing it because we don't understand, right? So when you disrespect a man in a setting like this, especially when he's trying to learn, he's trying to be, do his job, do it right, you know what I mean? And you roll your eyes disrespectful, he'll quit. So, and you'll see this in life, disrespect men, they walk away. Interesting. So that's going to be a visceral experience of like, this is who you are and, this, and it would change partners and you do it again. That's how you do it again. And with that, you know, kind of like then take that in the next part of the, you know, then how do you, you know, where is it do you have to adjust? What is it? You want the relationship. You can't, you know, this is not going to work. This is why you're struggling your whole life, right? Yeah. If you're disrespectful to men, they keep walking away. Right, and you say they're all, mm, you know, <laughs> my my favorite line is not really nice, but like you know, when you find yourself in the same loop over and over, it's you. Yeah. It's not man. It's not women. It's you, right? So that that's what sort of so exercise number one and sort of looking into, and then how do you get to be like this? Where is it that vulnerability was dangerous? Where is it that being masculine was not received or shamed? Right, part of the culture we shame men and masculinity a lot. So you shame men long enough just for being masculine or being men. You get this? And women say, we're all the men. Well, congratulations. You tell them they're no good. They suck. They're cheaters. They're toxic. Well, they step off. Not working. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's going to be, it's, it's really a fun thing. It's like, it's just both like lecture and visceral. That's awesome. That sounds like a very interesting experience. And I'm sure very eye-opening for a lot of people. That, that moment where they get it, this is you. Yeah. This is you. You can't see. And, you know, it's, it's smacking your face. And I don't have to say anything. And then, you know, the revelations are really fun. And then typically explains all your past relationships. See that. Eye opening. See that. And, now, and then how do you do this from that space? And then that's, that's phase two. So good stuff. Really good stuff. By the way, at the end of that, it's a three hour event. And after. We're actually going to have a dance class, dance class. <laughs> like, I'm going to teach him salsa dancing, you know, um, just because, again, energetically, it's a really great way to be with people. It's very great to be social, great to meet, you know, and it's all over Los Angeles. Um, so it's going to be heady, you know, visceral, and then we can actually party. We're going to have drinks and party after the fact. So it's like after party kind of thing. Sounds but fun. Perfect setup, yes. <laughs> Well, I love that. If we have anyone out there who's listening, who maybe has struggled with relationships, would like to know more about themselves or their partners and how they can work on things, what's the best way for them to follow you? And I think you had mentioned before that you might actually have a, a little free gift for our audience. I do. I do. I do. I do. So for any, anybody who's curious about what I do, right, if that tickle your funny bone, you go, hmm. Never heard it put like this before. That guy may have something, right? That's how I get all my referrals that way. My friend says, <laughs> you can, you'll be able to explain to me everything I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I'm, okay. But so I'm offering any, if any of you listeners, if you go to www.andregroupcoaching.com, it's a landing page that we created and it takes you to my calendar. 
introduces you me a little bit and it takes you to my calendar. If you book a VIP one hour exploratory call, I will get on Zoom like this one-on-one -on -one with whoever is interested. And on that call, we, we, we go right to the core of, of the default system. And what I mean by that is not one of us gets out of childhood unscathed, not one of us, right? But between the age of five and 11, we get our butt kick and, and, and that period of, of imprint is a very, very, very important in, in the development of each human. But that imprint um, becomes the default system of our lives. So we make decisions and, and that, that space about uh, ourselves, the world, people, and in life, and stuff like, you know, I can't trust anybody. I can't trust men. I can't trust women, right? People are dangerous. I'll never find anybody. I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken, right? Whatever it is that you made a decision where you were five years old or six years old or, you know, from bad parenting, lack of parenting, shitty parenting, you know, abandonment issues of all kinds. And then we're this, those are injuries on the nervous system. And they run the show from the back. Our subconscious is running 90% of our lives. And it's never asleep, by the way. It's constantly awake, even when we're sleeping. So this, the whole idea we use 10% of our brain comes from that is that there's only 10% of us that's actually conscious, 90% are subconscious. So the sub, the decision, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, I can never, like, nobody loves me, runs your life. And it becomes what, trips you all the time so the 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 tragedy of being human is we don't we don't do what we want we repeat what we know so the kids who have been abused in childhood whichever way you know believe that that's love and they create abusive relationship because that's where they equate love like that's tragic mm -hmm. you know so if you're not able to create something healthy so that call in 15 minutes i get there 15 minutes, we will right to the peel the onion. There you go. Because of this and this and this, right? This is why you have to wall up. For, lady, for the ladies, it's kind of man up, right? If you don't feel safe in the world, you man up. And then 25 years later, you can't be vulnerable. Men don't find you attractive. Men don't want to date you. Men find you irritating. What's wrong with me? I'm like, I'm, I'm have everything. I'm strong, independent, powerful. Well, your feminine has been neglected. And men are attracted to feminine women, not your money and your power. Huh. Wah, wah. So then, but, you know, I like that that call will make you go from what's wrong with me to, oh, nothing wrong with you. Right? This is just what happened. It's normal. Now, this is what happened. We're here today. What's the dream? Let's see if I can help you achieve the dream, which I do. But there's a different ways to, to jump in the program. So. That's, that's my offer. Just andrecoopcoaching.com, click the button. There's a little questionnaire to help me understand what we're going to talk about. And we'll have a conversation. Whether you work with me or not from there, that call is very valuable because you can let yourself off the hook that there's nothing wrong with you. You're a product of your past. We all are. That's pretty Love good. That. That's, that's definitely a lot of value to someone who works with you. And thank you for offering that to my guests. And sure. I'm going to have the link in the show notes too. So you can go there, yeah. click on it and, and schedule your call. Yeah. And if you want to find me online, my, my website is projectequinox.net. 
Project Equinox, E-Q-U-I-N-O-X.net, not com. That's a different place. And then you got, I got, I got YouTube videos. I got content. I have blog. Uh, so everything, if you want to shop around, you can spend a good amount of time there. And at Project Equinox on Instagram. Uh, I have a private Facebook group. It's 17, eight, almost 1,800 women right now. It's a free group, but you have to apply to, um, to let it to be let in and i i teach on there i put content on there every almost every day but i'll twice a month i'll teach live you know twice for 15 20 minutes another one once a month is a whole hour um so get out you know it's it's i encourage people to jump in there as well because it's a community right the women who are joining us are women searching super smart super powerful like super they get it and they're confused and frustrated right so join the community of women like-minded women who support each other into you know learning this stuff and being part of the machine is my job like i said my mission is to make this nationwide worldwide eventually I, in my head the calling is oprah big oprah big okay let's go <laughs> it's, uh, that's pretty large because it, it's actually rather easy to teach you know it's just people it's not out there it's just not nobody knows how to do it yeah well i love that you're providing that resource for them and i'm sure that if there's anyone out there listening who has ever questioned why are you stuck in the same patterns of behavior this would be wonderful for you to take advantage of that so mm -hmm. i want to thank you so much for offering those things Absolutely. and also for coming on here and sharing your story this was such a great conversation Ah, totally absolutely fun i appreciate the opportunity to speak to you listeners and Shana, spread the spread spread the work a little wider absolutely and it's definitely needed so thank you again so much for joining us my, my absolute pleasure and i want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well as always if you like this podcast please subscribe please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening and the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share the podcast with others don't forget to follow me on social media. If you wanna to go to my website, melissaoatman.com, you can see all the services I offer. You can work with me. You can book a free discovery call with me as well. I am sending you guys so much love and light. I hope you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.